Tim, uh, welcome to our show. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, could you just uh, give us a little introduction about yourself and what it is you and your company are doing uh, within the cybersecurity space? Sure, Danny. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Tim Panagas. I'm the co-founder and CTO for a company called Microshare. Um, we're about an eight-year-old startup, which is getting a little bit old to call myself a startup, uh, a grant. But um, <laughs> by way of background, um, I've been working in software and architecture, um, usually for large-scale systems. Um, my early career was in building banking software um, and um, been doing that for about 25 years. That's crazy to say that, but um, that's the truth. And um, one of the things that I wanted to do in founding Microshare was to take some of the technologies and um, approaches to data, data-driven business that we have been using in very large, very expensive projects um, globally for some of the, you know, the biggest banks, uh, the most innovative companies, try to democratize some of that technology, scale it down um, so that more people could take advantage of the benefits of really being data-driven. Um, so that's been, I guess, a journey really of the last 10 years of mine, um, culminating really in, in microshare. Um, and, um, you know, it's not the end of the journey by any means as well. Uh, you know, I think that's an ongoing. Cool. Um, could you, that, that, that's great. Thanks. Thanks in this uh, introduction, Tim. Could you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you're, you're actually building when we were talking, um, previously last week, um, some of the, some of the pieces that you were alluding to in MicroShare were around shaping the next generation of smart facilities, um, and then really kind of focusing on the, uh, internet of thing devices as well. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about what yeah, you that's guys quite are doing? Right, uh, uh, you know, when we talk about MicroShare today, we generally talk about it as being a digital twin platform for the built space, right? It's a real estate. Mm -hmm. um, what is a digital twin? Maybe not everybody's like aware of that, you know, to bring it down to the sort of more technical uh, bolts and bits, you know, IoT um, is a really uh, important part of this. So it's deploying sensors into an office area, um, a, a facility like a hospital or a factory, being able to collect information from a lot of different sensors, a lot of different types of sensors, and bring it back in a way that makes people who manage those facilities, you know, be that building owners or tenants or, you know, facilities, uh, service providers like, um, you know, maintenance staff or cleaners, um, bring that data back so that they can make better decisions and operationalize the way they manage those, those properties. Um, ultimately that's, that's, that's what we're doing. And, um, you know, that necessarily brings together a lot of different technology areas, right? IOT, very broad uh, umbrella for different things. I suspect we'll talk more about that because from a cybersecurity uh, perspective, IOT is kind of a boogeyman, right? That's correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have found really important reasons why IOT is something people want to allow into the built space and allow into their life. Um, and we've built a platform really around demystifying things like choosing sensors, deploying networks, collecting data, um, and then, you know, the analytic tools that need to go around with data engineering. Uh, I won't, I don't throw around the term AI lightly. Um, frankly, the built space is not truly ready for AI quite yet, but 
uh, advanced analytics that would allow people to, you know, use all this new data and indeed data that they already have to really drive insights they can act on, right? Actionable insight at the end of the day is what drives business change, what gets people ROI. So we're really trying to drive that business ROI to people who manage buildings in one way or another. Um, and, and frankly, the people within the buildings, uh, which is you know, sometimes lost in the mix, but ultimately it's, it's how humans interact with their environment that matters most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to like boil out all the complexity from the technology and the business of all that stuff that goes up front. So we can get, just get people to have the in- insights they need to start uh, improving the way they, they serve their tenants um, in, in built spaces. That's really interesting. So we're talking about using these uh, smart devices, or, or should I say, drawing the data from these smart devices to improve processes um, and also improve... Um, I think we discussed in, in uh, specifically the last time we spoke, really improving the kind of uh, the way that we approach uh, certain things. And I think one of the things we, we, we picked on specifically was hygiene. Um, I think in the current in, in the current climate, especially uh, is, is, is really relevant. I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit about how um the pandemic has has kind of shaped what you guys are doing but but more importantly what is it that you're actually offering uh that helps organizations um around the pandemic as well yeah david uh, good question you know the last year if we were talking february of 2020 um what i would tell you we were doing or planning to do for the year would be very different than what we what we've done looking back um, given quarantine, obviously the one of the key topics in the world has been contact tracing, or at least early in the uh, pandemic. Um, and so we were quite fortunately able to really quickly deploy a contact tracing um, solution on the back of our existing uh, IoT platform. And for us, it was quite natural. Um, there are companies out there that offer contact tracing only solutions um, for sure. But we saw this really as an extension of the telematics in a built space is ultimately about understanding the social interconnectedness of the humans in that space, how they interact with each other and how they interact with the space. Um, So, you know, I, I, I doubt any of your listeners don't know what contact tracing is right at this stage, but you know, usually when we talk about contact tracing, we're talking about the process, a human process of, hey, somebody's got infected. Let me call that person and ask them who they've had contact with over the last two weeks. Um, and what people have seen and what we have seen by the data is people are pretty good at doing that within a two or three day time span. But once you get to four, five, six, you know, 14 days, um, humans' memories about who they've interacted with drop off pretty pretty quickly. Um, so using data to supplement that human memory or human awareness is really where the technology side of contact tracing comes in. And of course, once you have a sense of who might have been contacted, you can direct um, resources to those people who are likely to be infected, right? Whether it's additional testing or um, requirement to quarantine, hey, you, you should stay home for the next 14 days, you might have been exposed. Um, you know, the, the outcome of that process is ultimately, hopefully quelling the spread of the infection. 
And, um, you know, so we saw the rise of smartphone uh, apps and tools to be able to do that. Our particular focus um, being an, an IoT um, core technology provider was on wearables. Um, and they take the form often of a bracelet or a badge um, or a um, the kind of badge that you'd wear on a lanyard, looks like an HID card. Um, that would allow us to use Bluetooth via um, a novel wireless technology called LoRaWAN um, to collect that information from a space, the human interactions between them, human interactions with the space around them, and then kind of post-process that to figure out who has the both distance and time dimensions that would allow us to assign a risk to a contact. <laughs> 